It's time to check in with Doc Rob and the concierge for better living. We take a real, raw, inside look at healthier living while sharing great ideas and improvements for a better quality of life. The Concierge for Better Living will help informed, intrigued, and interested listeners like you make better choices for yourselves and your loved ones. CannabisRadio.com proudly presents The Concierge for Better Living with your host, Doc Rob. Hello and good day. This is Doc Rob, Dr. Rob Streisfeld, your concierge for better living here at CannabisRadio.com. Thank you so much for joining us again. Another great episode. And I'm super excited about this because, you know, there's a lot of people out there that are jumped into the psychedelic industry lately. There are some people that have jumped into the cannabis trends and industry lately. But when you talk about people that are healers, that are herbalists, that are scientists, that have been doing this a long, long time, but with the right intention, not a quick cash out, but the right to heal and to help people. Um, you know, there's very few that resonate with me from the botanical side as, as much as our guest today. Um, so it is my honor to have today Christopher Killam, founder of Medicine Hunter Inc. Uh, and if you don't know, the Medicine Hunter has been on television all over the place, over 50 years studying all sorts of plants, cannabis, psychoactive, non-psychoactive. And if you haven't really paid attention, you really need to. So and with numerous books and so much content, this show is going to be way too short. I'm going to automatically invite Chris back for another episode. But Chris, thanks for joining us today. It's really great to have you on the show. Oh, Rob, it's such a great pleasure. And I appreciate that you're spreading the good word about, you know, natural living and uh, various, you know, modified states of mind as well as you are. We need much more of this. I appreciate it. I was just talking on Clubhouse with a group of cannabis people from all over the country. And I was saying, because they're talking about how their parents or grandparents or in-laws were giving them a hard time because of the stigma being associated with cannabis. And I'm like, you got to stay your course. You got to, you know, you know, this is the truth. This is something that's been there. When I went became a naturopath 20 plus years ago, everyone made fun of me as a hippie quack doc, you know, and then I went to plant-based culinary, vegan culinary. And I said, what a weird way to go into once, you know, don't you like chicken <laughs> so but you know you stay the course you know your purpose and you have exemplified that you know so for those that don't know you i mean again we would have to spend this half hour just doing some of your biography and your background but you know right now you've just come out with a new book and that's why we're bringing you on but it's just a it's a it's a reason <laughs> to have you on but um this, the Lotus and the Bud, right? Cannabis, consciousness, and yoga practice. I'm diving right into this because you're not just an herbalist. You have done yoga for so long, and it's not one-dimensional. You want to, I, I believe, we all encompass a tool belt of skills and resources to live the best life possible. Well, you know, yoga, I, I do understand and appreciate that for many people, yoga is primarily or exclusively, a, you know, an, an exercise practice of sorts with unusual postures that are really designed to help us, you know, stretch and open up. Um, but yoga is actually an entire all-embracing way of life that includes meditation and adhering to practices and principles of good living and uh, proper diet. And um, one of the scriptures I like so much says, you know, a yogi must know the medicines. And, and it is the case that understanding botanicals of all types, whether they're the types that we turn to because we have a cold or, you know, we want to uh, relieve an aching, you know, pair of knees or something, or the types that send us on journeys into infinite consciousness. 
we need to know these as, as part of the total practice of yoga. So basically in the Lotus and the Bud, I took my 54 years of psychedelic and cannabis experience and my 50 plus years of daily yoga practice and the way that I have fused these over time and, and present that in a manner that hopefully makes it, you know, not only pleasurable for people to read, but gives them an exciting uh, way to experience yoga. And that's really the key here is you have to bring it to a level that people can relate to and uh, understand and be willing to give it a shot. I said, you said 54 years just makes me think of my dad telling stories of rolling his you know, chopper into Woodstock in 69 <laughs> and, and lighting everybody up with opiate hash and all these other things and Janis Joplin. And there was a different experience there. Um, and I think I also taught introduction to Ayurveda in a college here in Florida many years ago. And we talked about, I had a yoga instructor come in and it wasn't just about like you said stretching or fitness which is very common in contemporary yoga but there was a lot more deeper connection to you know, um, everything your energy your spirit your diet like you said i think that's really key you know we, we want to have that holistic perspective even when it comes to yoga so i'm really well, glad that you put that out there in this book well and and you know uh when i was a teenager the penalties for possession of cannabis or what was popularly referred to as marijuana were really severe. Mm -hmm. I mean, you would likely get arrested on the spot if you were caught with a joint. You could easily do jail time or get a fine, you know, and many people went to prison for small amounts. So it, it was a, a time that while that didn't actually, you know, inhibit us from utilizing cannabis, uh, it created an atmosphere that was really unfortunate and completely unnecessary for such a friendly plant. And, you know, now with the climate being so very different and cannabis legal in many states in the United States for adult use in addition to medical, uh, this is really a different time. And it was the case that years ago, yoga teachers didn't really talk about their utilization of cannabis in classes. They kind of left that out. We all did. We would all go teach at conferences and, you know, do our classes and have whatever, you know, a, a huge number of students come through them. And then at night we'd get together and, and smoke some cannabis and go out to dinner. That's what we did. Uh, and now it's much more open, much more talked about, and people are figuring out ways to blend these as has been the case for maybe thousands of years in some parts of the world so that we can experience even you know more profound and more elevated states of mind i think that's amazing yeah and i read that part about you know you know we keep it out of the student teachings but after at night when the yogis get together teachers get together we enjoy cannabis probably share talk, you know conversations be philosophical i call them my herbal epiphanies um and, you know, that's really important. And again, even stigma of even today's culture, I was at a cannabis conference in Europe and, you know, I, it was all PhDs and researchers. And I asked the manager and, and, and 400 people, he said, probably 20% have ever used the plant. Yeah. They're researching it, but they've never experienced it. And it changes their whole perception once they've had that. Yeah. And, um, you know, one of the things I wanted to quick mention about what you said was, you know, 
the, the cannabis of today is not the cannabis of 30, 40 years ago. Um, the THC, level, THC levels are typically much, much higher, much stronger. There's less of a nature's balance in the plant, which has contributed to a lot of people having maybe anxiety or palpitations. Um, and, I, and I address this a lot, that it's not always the need to have the highest potency. Sometimes less is more for the individual. And it's that and blending with other plants, like other herbs, you know, that's, David Winston always said that one plant is not as good as a synergy or harmony of many others blended together. So I think that these are really, you know, key points that our listeners are, are going to benefit from. That's awesome. Well, yeah, I think, you know, I mean, when I was uh, a teenager, so we're talking the 60s, um, we did, in fact, have some really socko ganja come through, you know, we had, <laughs> nice. uh, Colombian red, you know, we had Panama red, we had Acapulco gold, we had Thai stick, it, but we didn't have regular access to it. In general, you're right, you know, we had poorer quality material with a lot of seeds and stems, and we just put up with that. That was what we thought it was. And, and so you're correct, you know, the cannabis today is very different, and it is not the case, as you just said, that more powerful, more, you know, more a greater THC value is better. Um, but you'll find naturalized strains of cannabis, you know, in my uh, travels in the Indian Himalaya and in Thailand and other places um, where cannabis has been growing for thousands of years. Um, these natural strains, they're, they're plenty strong enough, you know, and, yeah. and, I, and I think that it's not, it's not, I mean, I guess one of the good things is with current ganja, you can have a very small amount and get a wonderful elevating effect. And, and the whole idea of this traces back to um, the Hindu, you know, the Hindu concept of, of there being different gods and one of them is Shiva and Shiva being the originator of and the source of both yoga and cannabis as kind of twin currents, if you will, that travel through history. And, you know, I've seen in my travels uh, throughout various, um, you know, uh, temples and uh, sacred places in the Indian Himalayas, especially, this utilization of the two, this fusion of the two. And so really, it's a matter of you know, not how high can you get, it's a matter of how deep can you go and how much can we enhance our sensitivity uh, overall during the experience and experience more of the natural energy that's flowing through us and tap into greater energies all around us. That's awesome. That's exactly. I mean, again, it, and I love that, that there's kind of a balance there, that homeostasis or harmony with nature that we need to respect more. And I think that, you know, I love that message and we got to keep pushing that into the industry, which is sometimes, you know, kind of steered towards capitalism and just the quick green, green dollar versus the green plant. And, you know, the more we can push back to the way nature intended and this whole plant value, I think we're going to benefit from a healing perspective from and a societal perspective. So that's wonderful. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back with Chris him and talk more with the medicine hunter about cannabis psychedelics this new book um the lotus in the bud and uh, so much more don't go anywhere this is doc rob your concierge of better living here at cannabisradio.com the concierge for better living will continue in a moment hey take a look at this they're selling smart pots <laughs> they have pot that can make you smart where is it 
Not that kind of pot. Smart pots are the best aeration container to grow your plants. Check this out. This is the original fabric container for faster producing healthier plants. They're made with a superior fabric that delivers high yields. Plus, smart pots are reusable and sustainable, so you can use them over and over again, no matter if you use them indoor or outdoor. That's very smart, but how good are they for the environment? Smart pots are BPA-free and lead-free, so you'll always be able to ensure a pure, clean grow, and they're 100% made in the U.S. Over 28 million smart pots have already been sold, so it seems like a smart investment. Look for smart pots in close to 2,000 garden centers throughout North America and ask for the original fabric container. Find a store near you or order yours online at smartpots.com. Let's check back in with Doc Rob and the concierge for better living only on CannabisRadio.com. And we are back and it's, again, my pleasure and honor to have Chris Killam today, the medicine hunter, joining us on the show. We're talking about cannabis. We're talking about yoga. We're talking about psychedelics, too, because I want to lead into that because we were just before the break, we were talking about that more may not be better. There's a lot of people that are concentrating, making these concentrates and wax and shatters. And, you know, for some, that may be the remedy, that may be the solution. But I've seen already negative effects from people overstimulating their receptors by taking too much at a time. And this leads me to this resurgence and this emergence of the psychedelic movement um, coming in now. And one of the things about the psychedelic movement I keep trying to throw in people's faces is microdosing is effective. So if microdosing is effective for psychedelic class, <laughs> you know, ethnobody, why couldn't it be also effective in, with cannabis? Uh, why do you need to? And, and um, Dr. Courtney, I've always commented about this, once told me on a call that that 200-pound deer knows instinctively to chew on a couple leaves and a bud of cannabis in the forest doesn't need it to decarboxylate or concentrate or you know, burn it nor get a benefit to its endocannabinoid system so it's pretty interesting to see for me that correlation well you know it depends on your purpose um, right i mean the first thing i ever got high on in my life was lsd and that was back when i was 15 not that i'm recommending that people start out with psychedelics so early i just happened to so i'm honest about it but um and at that time what we understood was that you took a full dose and a full a full clinical dose was 250 micrograms of lsd so a real honest to goodness no baloney rock'em sock'em eight hour trip and that was what we understood. However, and so that is a use that we know it's it's tremendously valuable. It's life-changing. It, it has set many of us on a course very different from the one, the trajectory we might have had otherwise. Um, but we are seeing a whole other use. Microdosing can't in any way at all be equated to full-on psychedelic journeying. The two are utterly different. It's like Florida and Montana. But, but microdosing uh, is very valuable for sharpening the mind, for making people more alert, for making us more aware. I mean, I, I've microdosed different things, um, especially mushrooms since 83. Right. Uh, and so I, I have an appreciation for that. Um, it's just a very different use. So it really depends on what you're after. In the case of blending cannabis and yoga, for example, you need to have enough so that you're unquestionably, you know, you're high. 
but not so much that you're blown away. You know, I don't, I don't recommend dabbing. And and some of the things you described, some of the concentrates that are made with, um, you know, toxic solvents, especially the things like butane and benzene. I want no part of those. Uh, right. I don't think they're necessary. Um, hashish, on the other hand, which is concentrated, but is just the natural resin you know, scraped off of the plant. I, I'm an ardent fan of that and think that it's highly purposeful in these situations. Amen. I'm, a, I, I'm with you on that same point. That's what I said. It's the adulteration of a natural substance that concerns me and you and a lot of us in the natural products industry as a whole. It's trying to keep it in that pure state. I always say, you know, comment when I first went to Colorado in I think 2013 or 14, maybe even before that, and went to a pain center to get, you know, with cannabis. And I looked I wasn't there to get any really, but I went to look at the products being offered, being a products guy. And when you're talking about this as being medicine for pain or for other illnesses, and it had all these artificial food dyes and tons of sugar and artificial sweeteners, I'm like, this is not medicine. This is not the intention of this plan is it's being dissuaded. So I think that that people have to understand. It's also the same way when using cannabis psychedelics and you're talking about spirituality and meditation, I've had people wanting to do water fasts and detox, but they want to do their normal everyday nine to five job and never change their mindset. They just want to water fast. And I'm like, this goes against the concept or the benefit. Just like I think ayahuasca may have benefits in a lot of different ways too, but I think there may be a different resonance energetically when you're in a one or two person group in, with a shaman in Peru than 50 people in a, in a, in a, in a, in a conference center in a Marriott in LA, you know, I, well, I just don't, you know, so. Yeah, there, there is always set and setting. Yes, sir. I've been very fortunate because in the Amazon, I've, I've drunk ayahuasca with different shamans about 135 times. And, um, I have very wonderful, highly talented shamans as friends. And um, I can't imagine being in a conference room or a hotel or an apartment building or someplace and drinking ayahuasca. I know people do. Yeah. I know that many people who do have profound life-changing experiences. And I, I would never argue uh, the value of that if people derive value, but when you are in a natural setting, you know, it's just like there's a big difference between smoking a joint on a balcony of a 25 story apartment building in the middle of a big city or walking along a beautiful forest path and doing the same thing. The entire effect is going to be different. And I think that, you know, part of part of what determines what we do is the circumstances of our lives you know if it's going to take you 2 hours to get to a place that has a forest well you're going to wind up smoking this on your balcony but you know if you have a choice then the question is what's the experience you seek and with yoga i i recommend in the lotus and the bud that that people who are serious about yoga practice absolutely practice without cannabis um, a, a good amount so that they develop all the skills and chops that way. And then when you add cannabis to the mix, it truly is a, an experience of expansion, you know, it, a sense of expansion of mind, greater sensitivity of all of the senses, and uh, a greater awareness of energy that flows through us. I mean, consider this, Rob, every one of our neurons 
has a voltage charge of 0.07 volts, okay? You get 100 billion neurons in the human brain alone, which means in our brains, we actually for real, not make believe, not mystic mumbo jumbo, have millions of volts of current active in our brains at all times. The idea is to tap into that in a more conscious manner and to learn to explore that energy, that vast oceanic field of extremely vital dynamic energy and experience much greater states of awareness and to break out of habits and inclinations that no longer serve us. Well said, and again, I think people that are listening are going to connect with that message. And I think that's probably what my purpose is here at Concierge for Better Living is, you know, there's no perfect remedy. We want to make us better and work together, learn from each other to have a better today than yesterday and a better tomorrow than today. And I think that if people, even if you haven't tried yoga, um, this is a great book and a great introduction to an understanding of how it could be applied and why, you know, anyone could should be incorporating this into their day-to-day activities. It just provides this profound benefit in not just a fitness physical way, but in that whole mind, body, spirit matter. What I, what I try to do with it, you know, um, I have been involved in the natural product scene since uh, fairly 1971. And, um, you know, I've worked in all different parts of it, co-ops and, um, natural foods retail and marketing and lecturing all over the world. And and for the last 24 years or so as a medicine hunter, traveling globally, investigating plants and the people and cultures from which they derive, whether we're talking tea or maca or kava or ayahuasca or whatever. And um, many people, as you know, I'm sure you encounter this constantly, say, what's the thing I should take? And the answer to that always is, there isn't anything. It's a whole way of living. It's about, you know, it's not just a matter of, yeah, be sure to take your vitamin D. It's also a matter of don't drink artificial colored and flavored, you know, and, and sugary or, or whatever beverages. Just cut them out. Drink, drink pure water, drink tea, drink, drink things that are good and healthy for you, juices, whatever. Um, it's a whole, it's a whole all embracing range of choices that we make if we take the long view in life. If we, you know, I've been fortunate to meet some yogis in their 80s and 90s who are really tremendously alert and healthy and vital. And they had invested in their lives for decades and decades of practice to be able to be that way when they were older in addition to enhancing their lives as they went along. And that's really what we're looking at. It's not the, yeah, do ayahuasca and you'll be fine. Yeah, smoke cannabis with yoga, you'll be fine. It's hundreds of behaviors that add up to a healthier and ultimately happier way of enjoying this journey that we call life. You are speaking my language, sir. I love it. I think that in today's world, there are, you know, people get overwhelmed with trying to keep up or do this or do that or follow the trends. And instead of having to worry about that, they just have to be, be present, find what works for them, find little 
steps that move them in that positive direction. And that's all your purpose is, is just to try to kind of be present and be moving into a better space and finding that balance. So yeah. I think you're, you're right on the nail on the head right there. And uh, with that, I'm going to take one more quick break. We're going to come back and wrap up this show, which is, again, way too short with Chris Killam and um, talking about the Lotus in the Bud, his new book. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. This is Doc Rob, your concierge for better living at CannabisRadio.com. The Concierge for Better Living will continue in a moment. Elevate your every day with that Shuggies feeling, with the sweet taste of Shuggies. Add a cup of Shuggies to your morning coffee. Ah, how sweet it is. Shuggies infuses cannabis and cane sugar to make it the perfect sweetener with benefits. Make your happy hour happier with a dunk of Shuggies in your drink. Order your Shuggies now at S-H-O-O-G-I-E-S dot com or find it in dispensaries throughout California. Whenever you crave a little sweet, pick up Shuggies, the sweet, sweet, take-anywhere treat. Let's check back in with Doc Rob and the concierge for better living only on CannabisRadio.com. All right, all right. And we are back for our last segment with Christopher Killam, the medicine hunter. And just before the break, Chris, we were talking about, you know, all these things. And it's funny, it's a book I'm working on right now. And uh, it's basically, say, you know, getting a couple of tips from all these top people, experts, leaders, educated people, philosophers, because I think if I could put together a huge list of 100 or more tips and just tell people to take a couple and start with them, you know, people feel less overwhelmed. I think this is what happened on my journey. I think it's happened to a lot of people's journeys. And um but more importantly, I think that people have to be on the journey. Don't feel like you can't do it. You just got to find something that resonates with you as an individual and move forward. And I think uh, I think this book is a great introduction, especially when it comes to yoga, um, with this current everyday conversation of something of CBD or cannabis or this conversation, the news or politics or what have you. Sometimes disassociate with that and just go back to nature. Just go back to the simplest things and find your your center, which is well. We, we are natural beings. And- yeah. Um, and, 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 you know, and I'm sure you've had this experience. We don't know what's going to sort of flip somebody's switches. I mean, sometimes a person is, is leading what you could call sort of a, you know, a more typical lifestyle. And then somebody recommends, let's say, an herb to them for some purpose. And that herb works for them. And then they wind up checking out other things. And over time, perhaps they build... Um, a naturally oriented lifestyle that's quite different from what they were doing before, or somebody's, you know, gives them a gift certificate to a, you know, uh, six yoga classes, and they become ardent yogis, or or whatever it is. Um, I, I agree with you. You know, the idea is to offer many things without pressure. It's not like, oh yeah, there's no question. You have to own a such and such bike, or you can't. Be right. no, that's that's complete nonsense. You know, um, it's a matter of of making all these offerings and different people will be turned on by different things. And that may be the beginning of a grand journey for them. So we we can never say, well, it's just going to be one thing or another. All of these things matter to somebody. Oh, yeah. I I laugh because I I think a lot of the people in my circles got started by me showing them how to make homemade hummus, you know, (laughs) and now they're making more plant-based foods or simple home recipes and things like that. It was just hummus. It wasn't that complicated, but they went, made it, 
tasted it, loved it, tasted better, had their energy, their positivity in it, you know, right. and right. and they just said, I'm not buying store-bought hummus again unless I have to if I'm traveling, whatever it might be. But anyway, that, that's amazing. So where can people, I know that if they haven't heard of you before, I, again, if you can't hear my voice, definitely go learn more about Chris, go learn more about other books you've written, check out your website and your journeys. Where can people check that out for you? I know we're going to post the link, well, but. Well, my, my website is medicinehunter.com. Uh, and the name of this book is The Lotus and the Bud. And you can get that, you know, anywhere. You can get it on Amazon and Barnes and Noble and all of the predictable booksellers. Um, but uh, if you do check out medicinehunter.com, there's an awful lot of stuff there and oh, yeah. um, the various other books that I've done and, and a great deal on medicinal plants and photos from the field and all of that. That's great. Yeah, I know they're going to go check that out and, and, and learn a lot. Uh, I'm excited. I'm sure you're aware of the, the new Botanical Research Center at Southwest College uh, that's been set up there. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited yeah. to see what they're doing there in my alma mater and how to participate there. I'm actually working on setting up a, a cannabis research center in New York this spring, summer. So I'd love to talk to you more about that. Some exciting things in the works. And again, I'm super excited for this book. I mean, it's just one of your gifts to, to the people that you've provided. But um, even just commentary on news, being a voice for, you know, the, the, the traditional people, the traditional healers, the traditional remedies, our plants, our nature. It's just, again, I, I'm a fan, and I, if you can't tell, but uh, well, it's just been great to have you on and sharing this with us today. Thank you, Rob. I, I greatly appreciate your kind comments, and I, I like the work you do, and I think you make a valuable, valuable contribution. And Hurry up and invite me back on. We got more stuff to talk about. Oh, there's so much. I want to dive into uh, even now, you know, end of life treatment. I remember wanting to, you know, give my my grandfather some mushrooms, uh, some psilocybin mushrooms prior to him going to hospice. And uh -huh. half the family was pro, half the family was against. And, you know, um, just a lot of new topics and things of conversation really hitting mainstream that you've done it for you know, twice as long as I have, but still it's there. It's something that we have to talk about. Yeah. And and have good, credible voices sharing good information. And that's all we do here. And so again, I appreciate your time today. I know you've got a lot of stuff. You have a great partner in this too. I know with your wife, it's always good. I always give a shout out to my wife, uh, makes me a better person and uh, joins me on this journey through life. And, um, you know, this is something that that balance and uh, yin yang and everything else just is. Yeah, well, I, I did dedicate the the book, The Lotus in the Bud, to my wife Zoe, and she has been endlessly helpful to me in in a variety of ways and in many aspects of my work for sure. Yeah, she's her she's her own being too. She has her own superstar reputation as well. And again, you guys are are all stars in, in the natural industry and, and, and with good purpose and good reason. And again, I thank you for the time today and um wish you all the best and we'll definitely stay in touch and have you back on soon. Okay, thank you, Rob. You take good care. My pleasure. Thank you everyone for tuning in today. Another great episode, always too short, but hopefully gave you some great insight. Check out the Lotus in the Bud. Thank you everyone at Cannabis Radio. And as always, I wish everyone all the best in helping and happiness. Take care and be well.
The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast, republication, or retransmission of this program without proper consent is prohibited.